The second reading is from Luke chapter 24, verse 50, and can be found on page 910. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, hi, 7 p.m. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the pastors here. They don't get to often be at 7 p.m. It's a real treat for me to be here. I'm pastoring some of the other congregations, but thank you for welcoming me here at 7 o'clock this evening. Let's pray as we come before our Lord God. God, you give us a word in every season of our lives. As we come before you now as your people who are walking through many seasons of our lives, highs, lows, we thank you that you want to speak to us and we pray that your word would shine forth Jesus and would show us how to live. And we pray this for his glory. Amen. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. That's a line from the Apostles' Creed, a creed that Christians have been saying for hundreds and hundreds of years. And if you're a Christian and have been coming along here for a while, you'll know that we say it here ourselves. But I wonder, have you ever stopped to think about why that line really matters? That Jesus Christ has ascended into heaven. He's not here. He's left us. It's not like he's hiding somewhere on earth, an epic game of hide and seek. He hasn't died again. He's not buried. He's alive, but he has ascended to be in heaven. Now, it sounds kind of weird, doesn't it? It kind of sounds like he's the first astronaut blasting off into space. But actually, it is great news. It's great news. It's funny, though. We don't often think about it. You think we've got Christmas when we celebrate that Jesus was born. Then we've got Good Friday when we remember that Jesus died for us. Then we have Easter Sunday when we celebrate the resurrection. Did you know there's another day in the traditional church calendar? Ascension Day. Ascension Day when we celebrate that Jesus has ascended into heaven. And for the disciples, when they first saw Jesus ascend into heaven, you would think that they'd be devastated. They just got Jesus back. He died. He's risen again. They've only had him with them again for 40 or so days. But instead, how do they respond? They are filled with joy and they worship. They're filled with joy and they worship. What is it about the ascension of Jesus into heaven that should fill your heart and my heart with joy? Why is it such good news that Jesus has left us and that he's ascended into heaven? I've got four reasons why the ascension is great news for you and me this evening. Here's the first one. The ascension of Jesus into heaven means that he is on the throne. He is on the throne. In a month or so, we're going to be seeing 
the coronation of King Charles. I was speaking to someone after 8am church this morning and she was a massive royal fan and had all these royal magazines with her at church. And I said, are you excited about the coronation? She said, no, I do not like King Charles. <laughs> but, I mean, it is going to be a big thing. There's going to be a drone show. Do you know that? Katy Perry will be performing. This is a big deal. Now, the coronation, the thing is, King Charles is actually already king. The moment Queen Elizabeth died, King Charles, he is king. But the coronation is when he is crowned. The coronation is when he is crowned. It's the high point. And it's just like that with Jesus. Jesus has always been king, God's king. He's always had all the power. But the, the ascension, when he ascends into heaven, it is like the coronation. It is the moment he is crowned. The Bible says he is now sitting on a throne at God's right-hand side. Apologies to the left-handed people in the room. But in the ancient world, to be at someone's right side was a position of authority and, and power and status. The Bible says that Jesus, as he sits on that throne, heaven is like his footstool. Just think how epic that is, that figuratively speaking, this whole earth is just like Jesus' footstool. He is, he's that exalted. He's that high. He's that... He's reigning in that kind of measure. It's a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies that promise that one day God would raise his king to be at his right side on a throne. Have a look at what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 1. It's up on the screen. Philippians chapter 2, sorry. He says this, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place. He's talking about the ascension. And gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's Jesus. He is on the throne. He is ruling over everyone and everything, every power, every authority, every ruler, every dominion. He's conquered Satan. He's conquered death itself. There's a scene in The Lion King, the first Lion King, not, you know, that rubbish second one with the CGI, the first one, the original. And um, Mufasa takes Simba up to look out over the kingdom. And he says to Simba, Simba, everything the light touches is our kingdom. <laughs> I did that at 4 p.m. and the kids loved it, so I've just kept doing it. Everything the light touches is our kingdom. And Simba says, what about that dark shadowy part over there? Do you rule over that? And Bufasa says, that is beyond our borders. You must never go there. You must never go there. Well, Jesus, he's on the throne. There is nothing outside of his borders. There is nothing that he doesn't rule over. He rules over everyone and everything. And can I say this is great news? It means when your world is crumbling around you and it feels like everything's out of control, there is someone on the throne who loves you. 
and who is holding all things in his hands. It means when you feel like everything is out of your control, you know that there is a king who has everything. And he's holding all things together. It's a beautiful thing. It's so comforting because when we have a king who loves us, it leads to our good. There's been plenty of bad rulers throughout history, and when you submit to their rule, society crumbles. But Jesus is a good king, and he's on the throne. One writer, one old theologian, he says this, There is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, Mine. Mine. How wonderful that you and I were a prince or a princess in the palace of a good king who loves us and is holding us in his arms. So 7 p.m., will you bow your knee? Will you bow your knee? He's on the throne. And the only right response is to acknowledge his reign. Acknowledge his rule and bow our knee in worship, joyful worship. Will we bow our knee in our whole lives with every tap of our credit card? Will we acknowledge that he's the Lord of our life? With every career decision we make, with our relationships, with our friendships, with our work life, with our ambitions, our thought life, will we bow our knee? And acknowledge that he is on the throne. That's the first reason why the ascension of Jesus is great news. is because there is a king on the throne who loves you and is holding on to you. Second reason why the ascension is great news is that he is in our hearts. He is in our hearts. If you think about it, The whole idea of Jesus going up into heaven kind of seems like a bad idea at first, doesn't it? I mean, if you want people to to follow Jesus and God's kingdom to grow, wouldn't it be just so much more effective if he'd stuck around? I mean, how much better would it be if Jesus was still here today and I could just invite him up on stage right now? I mean, you'd much prefer to hear him preach than me, right? How much better would that be? Problem is this, we're a multi-site church. We've got three locations. Which ones are you going to preach at, huh? Yeah. You just assume it to be Kirribilli, you know, right? <laughs> and it looks pretty packed here tonight, so I'm guessing if Jesus was preaching, every seat would be taken. I'm guessing people across Sydney would want to come hear from Jesus because this is where he is, 7 p.m. Kirribilli. In fact, it's probably true that people would travel across the world. The airports would be clogged. The roads would be chaos. Everyone wants to be with Jesus. How much better, though, that Jesus is not confined to one place at one time. He is in our hearts because he's given us his Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus says to his disciples in John chapter 16. He says, very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. 
He's talking about the Holy Spirit. It is for our good that Jesus has ascended. Do you believe that? Because he's given us his Holy Spirit. And that means that if you're a follower of Jesus in the room, you have him with you. He is present in your heart. You can enjoy an intimate relationship with him. Be comforted by him. Be be challenged by him. Be taught by him. Directed by him. He is with you. It's such good news. I think one of the things we learned throughout COVID, when we were robbed of people's presence, you know, is, is, is Zoom and FaceTime and all that. I mean, it's good, but nothing beats being in someone's presence. Nothing beats sharing a meal, having a hug. And Jesus, he, the ascension offers us that because he's with every believer across the globe right now, present in our hearts. It means if you are going through the, if you're in the darkest dungeon or the deepest valley, if all your friends have abandoned you, if it feels like life has turned on you, he's with you. He'll never leave you. St. Augustine, he said this about the ascension. He said, Jesus, you ascended before our eyes. And we turn back grieving, only to find you in our hearts. If you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, you need to know that's what it means to be a Christian. It's actually a relationship. Being known by Jesus, loved by Jesus, loving Jesus, being called his child and having him with us. He's also with us when we're on mission. We're, Jesus has given us a mission to tell people about him and, and we want to see our friends and our family and our colleagues encounter his love. We want to see people come to Alpha. We want to see the church grow. We want to see new churches planted and missionaries go out across the globe. But we don't do it alone because he's with us. He's with us. See, Jesus is right now at home with his Father in heaven, but he is actively at work. Jesus invented working from home, I think. You think you're productive working from home? Jesus, he is at home with his father, but he is getting so much done here because through his spirit, the church is growing and people are being saved. And that's, that's, That's what Jesus said to his disciples in Acts chapter one. Have a look on the screen. Right before he ascended, Jesus said this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes. What does Jesus say? Right before he ascends to heaven, he says, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. You're going to be empowered, strengthened for mission. I'm going to send you out to be my witnesses. See, we're not alone when we do that. And the book of Acts is actually a record of everything Jesus kept doing after he ascended into heaven. The book of Acts is what Jesus has done through his people empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's the book of Acts, and it's continuing today. Jesus is with us, comforting us and empowering us. So the ascension is good news. Firstly, he's on the throne. Secondly, he is with us. Number three, the ascension is great news for you and I because it gives us assurance.
assurance. Gives us assurance. If you're like me, there's times in your Christian life when you have doubts. No, that happens to me regularly. When you think to yourself, does God really love me? Can he really forgive me? Is he really worth following? That's kind of normal, Christians having those kinds of questions. And in those moments, what every Christian needs is assurance. Confidence that God really does love you, that you really are forgiven. And the ascension gives us that confidence. The fact that Jesus is in heaven gives us that confidence. How? You know what Jesus is doing right now in heaven? He's sitting. He's sitting. Why does that matter? When you get home from a long day of work, you know, you're you're tired, you've achieved everything you want to achieve, you've ticked off your to-do list, you feel like you got it all done, what do you do? You sit down and watch Netflix or whatever. You sit down, you put your feet up because the job is done. The job is done. The work is complete. What's Jesus doing in heaven? He's sitting down. The job is done. He has done everything needed to save you. He's died on the cross for you. He's paid your debt of sin for you. He's risen from the dead. He's ascended into heaven. The job's done. That's the assurance and confidence we need. Do you know the Old Testament priests? They were always standing. You know, they were always standing, making sacrifices for sin over and over again. Have a, have a look at Hebrews 10. It's up on the screen. Hebrews 10, it says this. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest Jesus had offered for all time one sacrifice for sin, he sat down at the right hand of God. Jesus is sitting He's sitting in heaven. The job is done. Anytime you question whether you're forgiven, anytime you question whether God really loves you or whether you're blowing it too much this time, picture Jesus there in heaven sitting. And so if you've never asked for forgiveness, no, you, can't, you, you cannot earn your forgiveness. It's not about what you do. It's about what Jesus has done on that cross. And the job is done. He's paid it all. You just have to ask him to forgive you. It's not just that, but we get assurance because he's also in heaven representing us. He's representing us as our great high priest. We've just finished watching the latest season of The Crown on Netflix. And I love looking at yeah, beautiful Buckingham Palace and I often think, gee, wouldn't it have been great to have an audience with the Queen? Wouldn't it have been great to have a cup of tea with the Queen like Paddington Bear did and just yeah, enjoy her company and have her ear? But the ascension gives us that because Jesus is in heaven interceding for us in the throne room of God. 
It means when you pray. Your prayers are heard by God Almighty because Jesus is interceding. It means when you cry, your tears are seen by God in the throne room because Jesus is interceding. It means you can approach God's throne with confidence anytime, any place, because Jesus is your great high priest in heaven representing you. The Bible says Jesus is praying for you in heaven. How cool is that? One writer says, if I could hear Christ praying for me in the next room, I would not fear a million enemies. I think he's right. Imagine you could hear Jesus praying for you right now. You wouldn't fear anyone or anything. And yet that's what he's doing. He's in heaven praying for you, interceding for you. And when we sin, when we fail, he's there in heaven like our lawyer pleading our case. He says to God, the Father, Andrew's done it again. He's sinned again. But look at the nail-shaped holes in my hands. Look at my blood-stained body. I've paid the price. I've paid his debt. He's my child. He's forgiven. What assurance and confidence we have that we have Jesus in heaven right now, sitting because the job is done and interceding for you and I. The well-known Christian song goes, Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea. A great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. He's on the throne. He's in our hearts. He gives us assurance. And lastly, he's returning. He's returning. Look again at Acts chapter 1, which we heard read. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. And suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand there looking into the sky? This same Jesus who's been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Stop your stargazing, disciples. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back just the same way you saw him leave. He is coming back. He's gone to prepare a place for you. He's coming back to bring you to be with him. How good that will be to be in the presence of Jesus, to enjoy him face to face, to have perfect bodies in a perfect world. Well, the ascension of Jesus promises you and I just that. Because as he left, so he will return. I'm going to invite the band up. As the band comes up, I hope you have been struck just like the disciples were. Because when the disciples saw Jesus ascend, they were filled with joy. What was their reaction? Joy. Because the ascension of Jesus is 
great news for you and I. It means he's on the throne. There is someone there ruling over you, reigning over you. It's King Jesus, and he loves you, and he's holding all things in his hands. It means he's in your heart. You can enjoy his presence wherever you are, whatever you go through, and he's empowering you and strengthening you. It means you have deep assurance. Deep down, you know he's paid the price. He's done it all. You're forgiven because he is seated and he's interceding. And the ascension means he promises to return. We have a chance now to do what the disciples did. As I said, when the disciples saw Jesus ascend, you'd think that they would be sad. Jesus is leaving. But what do they do? They worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Joyful worship. And that's what we're going to do now. We're going to praise Jesus who is on the throne, who is reigning and ruling. We're going to worship him with joy and with thanksgiving because he has conquered death, Satan, and he rules over all. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we praise you and we thank you that you are on the throne. And we want to bow our knee before you right now and give you the worship and the honour that you so deserve. Thank you that you're with us even now, ministering to our hearts and souls. We thank you that we have such assurance that you have paid out the price for our sin. And Jesus, we long for you to return. We trust your timing, but we long for your return. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Just the same way you left. Come, Lord Jesus, come. We praise you, Lord Jesus.